Hello, my name is Donnie Smith, and I'm the pastor here at Ascension Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. I hope this message changes, impacts, and challenges you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you enjoy the message, you can connect with us on our website, Facebook, or Instagram at Ascension Christian Center. Thank you, and enjoy. Let's pray, okay? Father, we thank you for this morning. Lord, we thank you for this time of worship. Lord, we thank you for your holiness. Lord, we thank you for your presence being here even now. Lord, we reference your presence. Lord, there's nothing else that can satisfy the void places in our hearts but your presence. Lord, and I ask this morning that you would speak your word, God. Use my weak words. Use my weakness, Lord, to be strong. I ask for each heart to be open to hear your word. Lord, may it change us, may it challenge us, and may it cause us, Lord, to run harder after you. I ask you in Jesus' name. Everyone says amen. Amen. All right, give me grace. This is my new toy, this iPad. (laughs) So don't shut down on me now, iPad. Hallelujah. I was actually, uh, Pastor Donnie had asked me a few weeks ago, hey, would you like to speak while we're gone? And uh, is that better? Okay. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Someone told me, hey, you want to know the secret to a powerful marriage? Two words. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. And all the women say, amen. (laughs) It really worked. Almost seven years. Happily married. I love marriage. We'll do a marriage course another day, okay? Anyway, I said, yes, Pastor, I'll, uh, I'll speak. And the first thing that came to my mind is um, I wanted to share about Israel. I wanted to, you know, you guys know we're moving. For those that don't know, we're moving. And uh, the Lord called us to Israel to be a light among the Jewish people. Um, so I felt it would be good and important to teach and share and give some insight and the things that the Lord has spoken to me over the last few years. Don't get too excited now, because then the Lord spoke last week. Mm-mm, no, not this Sunday. So last week, Saturday, I wouldn't say the Lord woke me up. I'll be lying. It was actually Noah woke me up. He cried at 2.30 and asked for a bottle of milk. So I got up, gave a new bottle. And uh, yeah, he sure used the kids. <laughs> and uh, I went back to bed, and I couldn't fall back asleep. And the Lord started to speak. And, uh, and I was, oh, yes, Lord, thank you, but can we do it in the morning? So I turned my head, and it wouldn't stop. Like, the Lord was just speaking to me, and it was speaking to my heart. And uh, I've learned from previous experiences that if I don't get up, the next day it's gone. I just forget it. And uh, so I knew, yes, sir, I'm listening. So I got up, got to my couch, took my Bible out, and the Lord brought me to Matthew 9.35. Now, for those of you that were still wondering, are we still going to share about Israel? Yes, as uh, she shared this morning, August 16th. Rebecca and I are actually going to preach together. Say yay. You don't want to miss it. Rebecca is a preacher. Yes. So we're going to share together. It will be really fun. We're going to tag team. Um, so don't be sad. We'll still share. But this morning, I want to share the word that the Lord gave me last week in the middle of the night. If you have your Bible, go to Matthew 9, 35. And it says, Then Jesus went to all the towns and villages, 
teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease, every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he felt compassion for them, because they were weary and worn out, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send forth the laborers into the field. Send them into the harvest. I want to talk to you guys this morning about this scripture, about the harvest that's being ready. If I have to give this message the title, I'm not sure if I did, I think I did. I'm not a title guy. Everybody goes, you need to give it a title. So I'll call it, Do You Hear the Call? Do you hear the call? Listen, today we live in a society where everything revolves around us. Right? How can I live my best life? How can I climb the corporate ladder quick? How can I be happy? How can I have a happy, healthy family? Although I want a happy, healthy family. Amen? We don't want our... Kids going crazy all over the place. We want structure and we want discipline. But it's all about us often. How can I be happy? How can I be satisfied? How can I get to the next step in my career? How can I go higher and higher and higher? Well, the Lord is calling. Where are the laborers for me? Who's crying out? Oh God, send me. When I moved to the United States a few years ago, I was shocked about how just everything, how, it, how the whole structure is about this. I need a four or five bedroom house. I need two cars. I, well, you do need two cars because <laughs> everything is so far away, right? We used to go on a bicycle. But it just it shocked me. I lived... I grew up in the Netherlands, rather smaller home, seven of us, one bathroom. That was not actually a full size. So like upstairs we had the shower and in the bathroom was also the laundry. And then downstairs was, I guess what you guys call a half bath, it's just a toilet. <laughs> so I guess we had a one half bathroom and one toilet. <laughs> One half, bath, bathroom, whatever. <laughs> but it was seven of us, dogs and chickens. You know, it was, it was interesting, especially when we're sick. My mom was not too excited when one had to run for the same spot as the other one had to at the same time. But you know what? I'm so grateful because it taught me appreciation and it taught me the difference of need versus want, Right? I hear people all the time, I work in a bank now and they come to me and, you know, they need this loan, they need this because they need a bigger car. They need a 2020 with a $400 or $500 payment. I never understood how that can be a blessing. You know, we spend our resources and our time and our efforts in figuring out how can we get comfortable. And now we're stuck, for example, with this high payment that we really cannot afford to drive cars we don't need just to impress people that we don't even know. 
And all the Dave Ramsey fans say, amen. <laughs> but you see, we're so consumed with me, 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 bigger, more. And then we get strapped in and now we got to climb the ladder even high, climb the ladder higher in the company because we got a higher car payment and we need to, you see, we get stuck and the, the, the ground, it's like you're, you get stuck in mud and it gets heavier and heavier to really walk this life and you're going, you're slowing down and stuck and burdened and unrest and stress where the Lord has called you to run your race. He doesn't call you to be stuck and to be cranky and to have unrest. He's called you to run, to run your race. You see, the more we focus on ourselves, the less we are really engaged with the heart of God. God wants to speak every day. He longs to share his heart with you. Do we make time for him? When is the last time you asked the Lord, Lord, what do you feel for my neighbor? See, the scripture says that Jesus saw the crowds and he felt compassion. He saw it. Do you have an eye for your neighbor? Do you have an eye for the needs around you? Or are you so consumed with your big house and fancy cars and white pickled fans and a dog? Look around you. People are worn out. Look what the scripture says. When he saw the crowds, he felt compassion for them because they were weary and worn out like sheep without a shepherd. Have you looked around you lately? People are worn out. They're wearied. It's like sheep without a shepherd. That's why it's so important to pray for your pastors, guys. They have a, they have a call from God to look out for you guys. But even you, there's people around you. They're lost. They're weary. They don't know what to do. We're in a season where unemployment is the highest. People, their 401ks are crushing. Their resources are gone. They're looking for answers. You have the answer. It's on the inside of you. It's the gospel. Don't make excuses not to labor for the kingdom because you're busy. I'll do it when I retire. Listen, tomorrow's not promised. Today, it's today. Share the gospel today. Open your mouth today. Don't wait. Not now, but tomorrow. Don't fool yourself. So seven years ago, I moved to the United States, married Rebecca. I almost did what the scripture, well, really, I did what the scripture said. Leave your mother and father's house. I still live with my parents when I was 23. Didn't date around. And I'm not saying this to brag on myself, but I just want to share it. And I see there's young folks. Listen, don't fool around. Wait, wait for the right person. That was not in my notes, so in Jesus' name, receive that. <laughs> but I left my parents' house almost like Abraham, and went on a journey to the United States, received my bride, Rebecca, and I thought, oh yes, I'm going to go ministry, this is the country of ministry, the Lord has called me, it's going to be amazing, the Lord's going to use me. Opposite happened, last seven years, the Lord had placed me on the shelf, hidden, Right, honestly, the night before I left, I was listening to a song in my room at my parents' house. I think it's Catherine, 
Catherine Mullins. And she sings, take me off the shelf, present me to the nation, speak into existence the story of my life. I'm like, yes, Lord, send me to the nations. I'm so glad he didn't. You see, although I had a burden and a love for the Lord and a burden for the lost, I didn't have what I have today. I wanted to be in the ministry for the sake of being ministry, I guess. Although I didn't think so looking back, but you know we all have blind spots. And sometimes you don't see it until you go through a season and then come back and you look like, <laughs> man, I was such a kid. I'll probably say the same seven years from now. I hope so. I want to go from glory to glory to glory, right? Not from next car to next car to next car payment. It's ridiculous. I've learned the value of going to your closet, shut the door behind you and seek the father who's in secret and he will reward you with his presence. I want his presence. Listen, I don't even want to be in ministry no more. I just want to labor. Seven years ago, if someone would give me a mic, I was talking to my friend the other day, good friend Scott. I said, bro, I don't even know what I would say seven years ago. I would just draw up a good sermon with no weight behind it, no presence, no glory, no anointing. Oh, it's time we get into our closet and find the presence of God and get a hold of him. So when you're outside, he can reward you with his presence. People are worried, worn out. They don't need another sermon. They need the glory of God. They need the presence. They need to hear from someone that's anointed, that's called to preach the word, to see signs, wonders, and miracles. I'm tired of going to church and not seeing it. Might as well go to Publix. Honestly, I see miracles in Publix. <laughs> That's what we're supposed to see. We got to see it outside the church. Amen? It's time to get up and go. It's time to go into the closet and ask God, what do you have for my life? Speak to me. Give me your blueprint. Listen, I would not want to be a part of any ministry that has not been born out of the closet. I won't. They might pay me all the money they have. They might pay for all my expenses to move to them, give me a house. But if their ministry was not birthed in the prayer closet, I say, no, sir. I say, no, I'll decline. We've got to recognize his voice in the midst of chaos. So much distraction, so many opinions, so many politics, so many conspiracy theories. When is the last time you ask, God, what are you saying in this hour? You know what is he saying? Go, go, go. The harvest is ripe, go. That's what he's saying. Don't spend so much time on Facebook and finding out all these opinions and then see where you can fit in. This is what he's saying. Go, preach the gospel, preach the word, lay hands on the sick. I ain't laying hands on the sick with COVID. Jesus said he laid hands on the, the man with, he had leopard. He still laid hands on him. We'll go into that another day.
Let's look at Samuel. I'm not going to go into the whole story of Samuel, but Samuel knew what it meant when the Lord spoke and then run with it. Let me just read the scripture for you. It says, once again, the Lord called Samuel. Samuel got up. He went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. Eli said, I didn't call you, my son. He replied, go back and lay down. That's what I wanted to tell Noah last week. Go back, lay down. (laughs) I'm glad he didn't because the Lord spoke. Now, listen to this. Samuel had not yet experienced the Lord because the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. You see why it's important that we have to have a revelation of the word of the Lord. So when he speaks... We don't have to, we're not going to go elsewhere. We're going to go, yes, sir, I recognize your voice. Know his word. Then Eli understood that the Lord was calling the boy. He told Samuel, go and lay down. If he calls you, you say this, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Verse 10, then the Lord came, stood there, and called us before. Samuel, Samuel. Samuel responded, I love this response, speak for your servant is listening. See, that's the attitude we ought to have. When the Lord calls you, this is the only response you should have. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Listen, it's time for the church of Jesus Christ to get up in their closet and then get up and say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. What would the church in America would look like today if the pastors and all those called in ministry would have this attitude, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. You know that studies are showing that in last year, 2019, 1,500 pastors resigned each month. 1,500 pastors last year resigned. They're leaving the ministry each month. This is why, where they're truly called. I believe somewhere, but it got worn out, they forgot the closet. The pulpit became their closet. The Wednesday night service became their closet. They were doing it for a paycheck. They're like, well, if I, if I, if I get to grow a large church and they'll give tithe and offerings, I'll probably make more than... Then in my current job. Oh God, <laughs> we're so lost. No wonder there's no glory in the sanctuary. No wonder there's no signs and miracles and wonders. No wonder their youth group is sleeping around and drinking and doing and everything. Instead of being on fire for the Lord, they were never called. Oh God. I ask, Lord, speak to your servants once again. Raise them up. Raise them up, God. Set them ablaze. Set them afire. Here's the good news. When the Lord calls you and you say yes, you will experience his glory. I'm not talking about here. I'm talking about in your house, in your car your marriage, in your family. You'll see the prodigals coming home in your family. Listen, I'm contending 
for my family and contending for my siblings and their children. I don't care what it may look like. It's easy to contend for someone else, but when it comes close to home, do you recognize that? It's hard to believe that ones that you love, that you know, you've seen their struggles, you're like, oh, I'm not sure they're going to get saved. <laughs> and then you have faith for my siblings, right now for yours. Well, maybe that's why we need the body. Amen? Amen. But when the Lord calls you, he will anoint you. If you say, yes, sir, I'm listening. You will experience his power, his presence, and his love. It might get hard. Tries will come. The windows might be thrown in. Listen, I hear stories in Israel. Ministers that were called. It's not like here, just come together and all will be good. I believe there's a church in Nazareth. Windows are being thrown in and persecution. But they're called. They say, yes, Lord, I'll stick with it. Yes, Lord, it might rain, it might thunder, it might not snow, it might snow, it might get hard. I might get distracted, I might get discouraged, but I'll get up, I'll dust myself up, and I say, I'll go. Read Matthew 10, 6 verse 9. But go, rather, to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, because freely you have received, and freely you shall give. Freely you received it. Now freely give. Who are we to say, well, I'm shy. Listen, the Lord was not shy to you. He sent his son. You didn't even know yourself yet. He knew you. He knew how many people would say no. And yet, he sent his son. Jesus asked, Father, may this cup, may it pass, may it pass me. But Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Oh God, I want your will to be done. I might not understand it. Listen, Rebecca and I are about to go into our last week of work before he sends us out. After seven years, well, I guess five years, Lord bless me with a good job, potential, opportunities. I gave them my notice. I gave them my seven-week notice. I was nice. I couldn't do it. The Holy Spirit was on my neck. Tell them, tell them. Like, oh, God, it's too much risk. It's corporate. What if they say, well, this is your day of notice, and that's your last day. There's the door, right? Rebecca's like, well, you better hear from the Lord. You're going to tell him because we need that paycheck too. (laughs) Right? Spoke to my manager. I said, listen, the Lord is calling us. Actually, I told him, I got bad news for you. We're moving. It was okay. So we're moving far away. How far? Very far. He goes, it's funny how he asked me all these questions. Like, I didn't think about this twice. <laughs> but I love this heart. He goes, bro, you sure, man? You got it good? You know, I just joined their team. It's a good team, man. You'll be manager next year. Like, you know, is it good for your kids? Did you think this is true? Listen. It's not about my good ideas. It's about the call of God. It's about the harvest. The harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Oh, pray to the God of the harvest to send forth the laborers into the harvest. Here I am, God, your servant is listening.
You see, this is what I learned the last seven years. I thought, you know, ministry and a full-time job is separate. Although, there's, yes, there's a difference when someone, you know, is truly full-time in ministry, an evangelist or a pastor. Their life looks different practically. There's no question. Um, but don't think, and I'm sure you heard this many times, and I heard it many times, but until it really sank in, until I really got the revelation that the moment I said yes to Jesus, to Yeshua, save me, cleanse me, wash me, now I'm His. It's no longer my ways, but His ways. His plans are way better than me. Now I'm in the ministry. Now I'm in the harvest field. Yes, I might not be on a pulpit. I'm in a sweaty, sweaty hot wood shop. Listen, for the first three years, I was building cabinets in a, in a burning wood shop, metal building. I'm like, God, is this what I left my parents for behind? My family, my loved ones? Obviously, I left it behind to marry my bride. And there was no regret there. But I'm God, there's got to be more. I had this yearning in my heart, God, there's got to be more. But then the Lord said, it's right here in front of you. And I started sharing with my coworkers. Let me tell you a cool testimony. This was in the wood shop. I had a, a coworker. I would, you know, I think I shared in one of my sermons with you guys. They were all Christians, at least that's what I thought, because they had Christian worship music playing in the wood shop. So I'm like, <laughs> glory to God. Well, then I came to find out that was just a radio channel to keep the boss happy. Anyway, this, my coworker, he had uh, arthritis. His, his wrists were hurting and he couldn't bend. I asked, can I pray for you, man? He goes, yeah, for sure. So I prayed with him in the mist, you know, dusty, sweaty. We were both stinking. So we just built cabinets for six hours in 100 degrees. In the name of Jesus, be made whole. Next day, he comes to me like he didn't expect it. He goes, Ben, Ben, you won't believe it. I'm like, he's an Alabama guy. Ben, you wouldn't believe what happened last night. <laughs> Every morning, he's worked for this company for 20 years, the same company, faithful guy, great employer. Employee, he bends down to tie his shoes, and as he bends down, he didn't realize he was shocked. He got up, and there was no pain. He goes, "In 20 years, I've had pain." And the next morning, he just bent down, ties his shoes. Oh, hallelujah! Doesn't doesn't that isn't that the harvest field? Seeing the signs and miracles and the wonders. I don't care where you are. I don't care if I'm in a Fortune 500 company. If I talk to the CEO. Or if I'm in a sweaty, nasty wood shop, the Bible says all have fallen short for the glory of God. All need salvation, it says in Romans. Everybody. I don't care how rich you are. I don't care how beautiful you are. I don't care how well-spoken you are. I don't care if you are a business owner. I don't care if you are the president. All need salvation. And salvation only comes by the blood of Jesus Christ. Where are the workers? The harvest is ready. Look around you. The harvest is even ready more so. People are looking for answers. 
They're going everywhere. They're going crazy. But you see, the Lord is using evil for his good. People are getting saved left and right. Don't miss it. Don't let, don't let the media fool you. Oh, I did say that out loud. God is moving. God is shaking nations. God is sending people. God is healing the sick, raising the dead. He's still working today. The question is, are you working with him? Freely it's been given. Now freely give. Jesus. We just read the scripture in Matthew 10. It says, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you receive, freely give. That was Jesus speaking to the disciples. Well, I always thought, well, that was for the disciples. Well, aren't we called to be disciples and make disciples? Meaning it's for all of us. So the moment you get saved, you're in the field. But it demands action. Don't be passive. Let me share you something with you guys. This is where I struggled with. And Rebecca, oh God, I know you called us, but we're just waiting on you. It sounds so holy and so good. Now listen, there are scriptures that would back that up, but there's a lot of scriptures that can back up whatever you want it to be backed up, right? It all depends on how you interpret it. Don't play with the word. Listen to the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying that we were not listening to the Holy Spirit, but I can tell you this. We were nervous. We were comfortable. We were scared. We went to Israel a few years ago, visit my uh, sister and her husband and children. I was talking to him. And he goes, bro, when are you coming? It's time to go. Come. What you doing in America? <laughs> You're Jewish. Come. They need laborers. Come. I told him, well, we're just waiting on the Lord, man. The scripture is full with promises. And it always says this. It always demands action. Go and I will be with you. See, when it comes to the harvest, there's no time to be waiting on the Lord. There's harvest now. It's time now. Don't be waiting to share the gospel with your coworker. I'll just wait on the Lord. It's harvest time. It's now. Let me read you some scriptures if you don't believe me. Genesis 3 or 31. Then the Lord said to Jacob, return to the land of your fathers and to your relatives and I will be with you. He didn't say, well, let me wait on you, Lord. No, he said, return, go, and I will be with you. It's a promise. Period. 1 Kings 11:38. Then it will be that if you listen to all that I command you and walk in my ways and do what is right in my sight by observing my statutes and my commandments and my servant David did, then I will be with you and build you an enduring house as I built for David and I will give Israel to you. You see how it says, then it will be that if you listen to all that I commend you and walk in my ways and do what is right in my sight. So if you're called by God, don't be fooling around. They say, don't say I'm just waiting on the Lord, but really you're just playing with the world. That's not waiting on the Lord. The call of God is a holy call. Don't mess around with it. Here's another one, Exodus 4.10. Then Moses said to the Lord, Oh my Lord, I'm not eloquent, neither before nor neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant. 
but I'm slow of speech and slow of tongue. So I guess he stuttered or he wasn't able to speak well. So the Lord said to him, who has made, made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing or the blind? Have I not the Lord? Now therefore go and I will be with you. Your, I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. He must have been so scared. He didn't say, well, let me wait on you, Lord. Let me wait till you heal me so I can actually speak properly. Go and I will fill your mouth. Could it be that we're missing out on harvest simply because we're waiting on the Lord? Jesus commands us, lay hands on the sick. It's action. When he had come down, Jesus, from the mountain, this is Matthew 8. I'm sorry if it's too much scripture, but it's going to teach you more than I do, right? All right. And behold, I'm sorry, but not sorry, obviously. <laughs> and behold, a leper came. It was contagious, like a virus almost. And worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Wow. Let me show you a quick story. This was a, just so you know that I'm preaching to myself. I'm 30 years old. The very first time, and I was saved when I was seven, baptized when I was 12. But the very first time that I personally, one-on-one, led someone to the Lord was just only a year ago. And I'm saying it not proudly. As a matter of fact, I'm embarrassed by it. I'm embarrassed. 29 years. I love the Lord. Been in conferences. Laid hands on. Cried my heart out at the altar. I'm not saying I never shared the gospel. People declined too. But I know the moments that I was supposed to share and I didn't. And I bet you that's when the window was open. The harvest was ripe. And I didn't work it. I was so tired of it. I told Pastor Donnie. I don't want to live like this. What's the point of Christianity of not sharing it? Freely you have given. You have received it. Now freely give. Why didn't I give it? It bothered me. It should bother you. I got so upset. Listen, in the meanwhile, we are part of one of the greatest ministries that I know. Shake the Nation's ministries. I had the, 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 I would say the honor of being able to travel with them, being in the field and seeing thousands responding to the gospel. But I never shared myself. Well, I did, but not, I didn't see fruit. And I didn't share when I knew I, was sh I should. I was tired of it. This was someone last year, guys. And then I told Rebecca, I'm just going to go for it. I'll come home like, babe, I, I witnessed at the gas station. And there was another pastor. It's like every person I finally started witnessing to, like everyone I would see, they were all in the ministry. <laughs> well, yeah. I might have missed it. But I'm like, really? I'm like, where's the harvest? Finally, this was someone last year. I came home from work. I had to pump gas. I was tired, didn't want to, so I just went home. Next morning, I knew I had to get up a little earlier so I could be in time for work and still pump gas. 
I knew the Lord had, had an appointment. He had set something up. There was this lady by the gas station. She looked at me and she was kind of uncomfortable. Basically, she was asking me if I could help her with the gasoline. I'm like, absolutely. Of course, come, let me fill up your tank of gas. And I knew it was an opportunity, so I started witnessing to her. I said, Jesus loves you. He's got a plan for your life. Guys, it's this simple. It's two sentences. Jesus loves you. He's got a plan for your life. And there's hope for your future. And you can spend time with him forever. She got saved that morning right there. Gave her heart to the Lord. Jesus. The harvest is truly plentiful. Where are the laborers? There's too many people. They're called by God. Listen, if you're saved, you're called. But too many, many, too many people are playing around. They can't break with the lust and all that the earth and its pleasures has to offer. I say this, quit playing with the devil. Stop it. There's a call in your life. Shake it off. Get washed in the blood. Get up and go. Go. Listen, there's a difference between conviction and shame. I hear you, Lord. This is not in my notes. When the Lord convicts you, He's showing an area in your life that needs repentance. And if you don't do it, it's often why you miss the harvest, because you don't feel good enough. But you're robbing God. You're robbing him of his children that he wants in his kingdom. He sent you out. You already heard the gospel. You're saved. Quit playing around. Quit playing games. Get washed. Get up and sin no more, the Bible says. Listen, shame is something different than conviction. Conviction is good. The Holy Spirit convicts. He's pointing out things in your life. But when you keep walking with shame... When you know you're washed by the blood and you're walking blameless in his eye, it's the devil holding you back. The reason why the devil is fighting you is because he knows the call on you. There's a call in your life. It's called walk the harvest field. Listen, I don't care if we're going to get a platform or not. I don't care what it's going to look like. I don't even know what it's going to look like the next decade for us. But I want to plow. I want to work the harvest. I want to see souls saved. I want to see the sick healed. I want to see the dead raised. I want to see the people delivered. In Jesus' name. I told you guys, Rebecca and I had the huge privilege of being a part of an incredible ministry, Shake the Nations Ministries. And I believe the reason why the Lord didn't Let me put it this way. The reason why he kept me on the shelf is because I needed, I needed to see, I needed to see what I just, what I've seen the last seven years. I'm not the same anymore as seven years ago. We'll go back to the Netherlands for a few months, waiting for visas to get approved, spend time with family. I'm not going to explain myself to people there. They might say, Ben, you're not the same. Because I experienced the glory of God. I've seen his hand move. 
I've seen thousands responding to the call of salvation. I know it's possible. I know what's impossible with men is possible with God. Can a nation be saved in one day? Yes, it can. How? He needs laborers. He needs you. He needs you. He needs you. He needs you. He needs you all. Don't worry about your dreams. I had dreams. I thought, well, if the Lord's not, you know, if I'm not in ministry, might as well build a business. Not even because I want to get rich, but I want to fund the kingdom. Like, that's a good idea. One closed door after the other. One point, I had a business meeting. I told Rebecca, this got to be it. If this not it, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to pay the bills. The deal fell through. I was so disappointed. My dream was shredded. I was going to build this business. Didn't work out. But you know what God did? He pruned me. He shaped me. He cut off my own desires. He cut off my motives that seem oh so godly. There's nothing like obedience. Don't doubt whether you're called or not. You're called to share the gospel. You're called to lay hands on the sick. Many people are trying to figure out what am I called for in life? When I was a teenager after high school, I did a personality test. You know what I found out a personality test? Although that could be useful, it's all about you. Mine came out, there's all these categories and it was chopped in 25%, 25%, 25%, 25%. So basically that didn't help me. <laughs> but I know God had called me. The Lord had to place me in a corporate world, in a bank. It's almost like, here, get a taste of it. See what you really want. It was amazing though, because we were at the end of where the business didn't work out. I told Rebecca, I mean, we're not able to pay bills. I'm not lazy to work. I'm working, but it's not working. We moved here in obedience. We took a, our, our pay cut was almost cut in half and the house rent doubled. But you know what? The Lord had called us. I knew we were supposed to be in Orlando. I knew we were supposed to be here. And he took care of us. He has taken care of. And he blessed me with a job. He took me from a sweaty wood shop to dressed up, tie, all these executives around me. You know what I've seen? They were just as lost. They had money, the fancy cars. I was the one driving the beat up car to the meetings. They would ask me, bro, you work at a bank, get yourself a car loan. No, I'm focused. There's a call of God. And I'm going to waste my resources on stuff that doesn't matter. Listen, when, when you find your destiny, it might often be something that you're not even good at. 
the personality test might say something different. I've never, I've never been trained for public speaking. I never thought that I even would speak in front of a crowd. As a kid, I was 10, 11 years old. You know, you had to do a little, uh, I'm not sure what you call it here. You had to read a book and then talk about it in front of the class, right? So they teach you public speaking at a young age. And I hated it. I hated reading too. I only read one chapter. And I told the teacher, well, I was 10 or 11, um, nervous, knees shaking. I didn't really read the whole book, but I'm just going to give a summary about the first chapter. <laughs> Fail. The teacher was so upset. Son, you got to do your homework. Read the book. And I give a summary. But you see, when the Lord calls you, He anoints you. He put His words to your mouth. You see, it's not about me. It's not about my words. I don't want to receive glory. It's about the Son of God. High and lifted up, glorified. Let me break some lies off of you this morning. You are called. You are chosen. You are highly favored. He's called you for such a time as this. Don't stop now. Don't quit. Don't quit. If he gave you a promise, run with it. Grab a hold of it and run. Listen what it says in the Psalms. For it was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I've been remarkably and wonderfully made. The Lord was so intentional when he created you. He had put destiny in you. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret. When I was formed in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw me when I was formless. All my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. Listen, God has a story written for your life. You want to know what it is? Shut the door behind you. Seek the Father who is in secret and he will reward you openly with his presence. But in that secret place, he will birth something in you. That might told you something in high school. This is what you're supposed to do. This is what the, what the test results are saying. When did you ask God, Father, show me the blueprint. I got to skip a whole lot. We might have to do a part two. <laughs> Let me share this last story with you. We'll pray. There was this young man, his teenage years, on fire for the Lord. He knew he had a call in his life. But he said, Lord, I will follow you. And then these two words came, but first. First, I want to go get my college degree. First, I want to get married. I'll follow you, I'll go to church, I'll give my tithes. But it was like he was fighting this call. I will follow you, but first, I'll get married. We got a few children. God's saying, go, now is the time, go. All right, yes, 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 Lord, I'll go. But first, let me wait till the children are a little older. It will be more practical to travel and 
that will understand better. The Lord is knocking on his heart again. Go. He said, yes, sir, I'll go. But first, I want to buy a house for my family. I need this promotion. Because without the promotion, I can't afford the house for all my children to live in. Because I need 25 bedrooms and six bathrooms. Lord, I'll follow you, but first, I'll take this new job opportunity. They just offered me a raise. I can't say no to. I'll use the funds and invest it in your kingdom. And in the meanwhile, I'll just be in church and warm a seat. But now he's 64. He's getting to retire. Lord, I'll follow you. But first, let me get my retirement squared out. I worked all my life so hard for all this money. I got to enjoy it a little bit. Buy myself a boat. Once I enjoyed it, I'll go follow you. I'll go wherever you send me. I'm free now. The kids are raised. The house is paid for. I enjoyed my toys. Now I'm ready. He's almost 70 now. He gets sick. He looks back on his life while he's laying in a hospital bed. Oh God, I don't want to miss your call. This is what Jesus is saying when he tells his disciples to follow him. He said, come follow me. And one of them says, yes, Lord, I'll follow. But first, let me bury my father. Jesus is saying, let the dead bury the dead. I found it very harsh when I first heard that. You know what's even more harsh? To say, but first. It's selfish. We don't own our own life. We've been crucified with Christ. It's not longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me, the hope of glory. But first, it's time to run your race and burn the backup plans. Listen, there's no backup plan in God. Just run. There'll be a crown waiting for you. There'll be a reward waiting for you in heaven. I don't need to be rewarded here. I don't need to have a large 401k. I don't even have one. I don't care. See, when God calls you, He provides. He'll take care of you. When you take care of the Father's business, He will take care of yours. But He's longing for a friend. He wants to have friendship with you. The Bible says foxes have places to rest their head and birds a nest. Jesus asked right before he said, let the dead bury their own. Jesus said, where does the Son of Man 
Where does he have a place to lay his head? I never saw the two together. It was like in one flow he said it. Here's why. He doesn't want just followers. He doesn't want a crowd. He wants intimacy. He wants a friendship. I was at a wedding not too long ago and I had the honor of... Well, it was a little different. It was a half Dutch wedding, half American. And now we're going a little over. Are you guys okay? I'm almost done. I failed to share this with you. And so he officially didn't have best man and groomsman, but it probably would translate to best man since I was the one with him all the time. We shared the room right before he got married. You know, carried his sunscreen, be close to him, help him get dressed. And the Lord spoke to me. There's a difference with those attending the wedding and those that are friends of the groom. He calls you friend. He calls you friend. He loves you. He died for you. This is not a business plan. The harvest field is not a business plan. It's a friendship. He longs to come back here. All this is not about us. It's about his return. He wants to come back. But he's saying, I desire those to be with me where I'm at. Where I'm at. So, send forth laborers to bring in the harvest so they can be with me. And as you labor, there will be friendship. I'll be with you. Go. I'll be with you. Mo, I didn't know you guys were going to be here. When the Lord spoke last week, I was going to teach in Israel. But the Lord gave me word. And I said, Lord, are you sure? Is this not just for me? You know, it makes sense. We're in this process, right? So you're like encouraging me. He goes, no, I want you to speak this word. I'm like, well, it has to build up the church. He said, speak this word. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope this message impacted you today. If you'd like to support Ascension Christian Center, simply go to ascensionchristiancenter.com and click the gift tab or text ACCFL to 77977. Interested in hearing more? Check back weekly for new messages. Have a great day.